busy. Big ocean-going merchantmen, most still in camouflage, standing at the quays being pillaged by cranes. Material for the new Germany, or an age-old Germany. The seagull was still wheeling overhead, waiting for him to move on. His eye soared with it, envying the creature its freedom. Freedom. Two years ago, he'd have been arrested by the Gestapo, just for walking along here like this, looking at ships, reading their names, guessing their cargoes. He'd have been shot, too, in these civilian clothes. Beyond the fish market, where San Pauli merges into Altona, he left the river bank and headed north towards the wasteland that had once been Kleiner Freiheit and the Reeperbahn. Here, too, nothing had changed. The buildings and punctured facades stood just as the firestorm had left them five years back. Here and there a few householders had built shanty homes amid their own ruins, cleaning off the original bricks and reusing them with lime and sand. But the other kinds of premises, the bars, brothels and nightclubs, which had made the name San Pauli notorious around the world, stood roofless and hollow. The most dangerous of their shells had been levelled, reduced to neat Teutonic stacks of brick, ready for the day when the wages of sin would be measured in something more bankable than coffee, butter, cigarettes and nylons. The occasional coincidence of such gaps, lining up across several blocks, revealed the wilderness that lies buried but undead beneath all the works of man. Great stretches of the city now bore the incongruous air of a park, a mighty open space, clothed in ragwort and fireweed as far as the eye could see, which on a day like this was not so very far. Within half a mile the greens and yellows and magentas merged into an infinite, damp, unrelieved grey. And somewhere out there, just beyond that near horizon, just as she had been around every Boston corner, was Marianne. Or perhaps she had patched it up with her parents and gone home to Sweden. Unfortunately, mein Herr, Fräulein von Ritter no longer lives here. I can give you her address in Gothenburg. Or worse, Fräulein von Ritter? Ach, the arme Marianne. Alas, you come too late, Herr Major. No, don't even think of it. Or worse yet, but very thinkable, Fräulein von Ritter. But she got married last week. It was the talk of Hamburg, surely you heard. She and the Baron are honeymooning in Austria right now. Anywhere near Mauthausen, I wonder? Oh, for Christ's sake, that's why you're here now. That's why you've endured these months of misery. All because of stupid cracks like that. Mauthausen. She had nothing to do with Mauthausen. Her last known address was in a narrow cul-de-sac of the square around Brunentor, a little oasis of old buildings that had survived the firestorm. He remembered a photograph Tony Palmer had shown him, taken the day after the last of the Gomorrah air raids. It showed the twisted, smouldering chassis of a fire engine straddling a street. 
It had obviously been ignited by the flames. Yet there, a hundred meters beyond it, stood trees in leaf, and buildings that were not even scorched. A miracle. God is just a throw of the dice, Tony had commented. At least this war has taught us that. Come to think of it, Tony must still be somewhere in this shell of a city, beavering away at its rebirth and teaching the Germans the very, very English art of losing gracefully. The day was suddenly more cheerful. Perhaps if it turned out that Marianne really had gone back to Sweden, or was married or something, he'd look up his old buddy, and they'd get drunk together like in the old days, like eighteen months back, like before they liberated Mauthausen. He found himself facing her door.